0: From Charter Hall and Banish, this is Sustainability Further. I'm your host, Lottie DL. You're listening to Sustainability Further, a podcast by Charter Hall. One of Australia's leading property groups, Charter Hall is focused on creating innovative spaces and going further to build a better future for all. Relove rescues furniture and white goods from corporates and communities and delivers them to people in need. On the podcast today is Ren Fernando, one of the co-founders of Relove, who talks about how they got started, where they're going and how you can get involved. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, Ren. What does the word sustainability mean to you?
1: Yeah, sustainability is an interesting word, isn't it? Um, I've been... um around in the sustainability space for a really long time because I practised as an architect and was trained at the University of New South Wales um, way back in the late 80s um, where sustainability wasn't really a word as such. It was just what we did. Um, And, yeah, so my world now, uh, sustainability is everywhere. Um, For us in the work that we're doing at Relove, we're really focusing on trying to keep, as much as we can um, out of landfill uh, and trying to reuse as much as we can and re-love furniture, household goods, excess surplus stock from companies, um, corporates, hotels, and making sure that um, it's being re-loved by people who really need it. Um, We also really know that when we're giving um, really good quality items to people who have been um, living in a situation of crisis, Um, unlike um, other people that are really able to be consumers, uh, we are actually giving things a much longer life.
0: That's really exciting. It's one of my favorite questions to ask everybody because like you said, it it didn't have a definition. and I don't really think sustainability has a definition today. I think it means so many different things, but I think focusing on that reuse and in your terms, the re-love is so important and something that is the most sustainable thing that we can be doing. Everybody yeah. always asks me kind of what is the most sustainable purchase I can make? And I'm going, no, just don't make that purchase. That's yeah. <laughs> that's actually what the best thing to do is whatever you are trying to replace with something more sustainable, don't actually do that. Just reuse and re-love whatever you've got at home. Yeah, Absolutely. So you're the co-founder of ReLove which you've just kind of briefly described there but I would love to hear more about what your journey was to starting ReLove and kind of explaining a little bit more about yeah what you're doing
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, look, we are um, much like many other um, accidental charities. (laughs) um, You know, we bumped into this need. Uh, It wasn't something that we thought that we would be doing in our life, but here we are and we're doing it. Um, We were basically um, working on social good projects, just community run projects. And during COVID, which, you know, COVID really changed the way we live in, in so many dramatic ways. Um, we had seen that there was a really real need for helping people um, move into social housing and providing them with, with things that they needed to set up a home. Uh, we had been working at the time with the Women and Girls Emergency Centre, um, a really fantastic grassroots charity who supports something like 200 Women and Kids Um, in uh, refuges and, and transitional housing in Sydney every night. And the refuge was full at the beginning of COVID. And we just also saw that it was a time that people were really at home and it was the real beginning, you know, where you really could only walk out with like two people. And people were spring cleaning, COVID spring cleaning, at a massive rapid rate, getting rid of really high quality items and I live in the eastern suburbs, and Ben, my co-founder, lives in the North Shore. and And if you want to find really great quality stuff, that's a good place to start. <laughs> and and we just saw that you know people were just changing the color of their furniture or, or or whatever they were doing. It was just you know it was a time that people could spring clean. And so we sort of saw an opportunity and put two and two together and borrowed a little bit of um, warehouse space and. Said, let's try and help five women come out of the crisis refuge. And when they get social housing, which we know is difficult, but it's possible, uh, Well, why don't we try and just help them set up with everything they need to, to start again. And it really just started something where very, very quickly in the first couple of months, uh, we just kept on getting people saying, hey, do you need more stuff?" And also Uh, a lot of women and kids who needed some support to come out of the refuge and to be able to set up homes and in two months I think we set up 50 families so it was a pretty instant response of you know we've just created something new here that really was needed.
0: That is so exciting and I think it's such a exciting proposition as well to kind of have that instant feedback and that instant kind of need and demand and to be able to meet it as well which is really great so for our listeners that don't know too much about Relove, it's my understanding that kind of what you're doing is you're collecting all of this furniture so everything from kind of fridges to couches to crockery and everything like that and then these women and these families come to the warehouse and then they're able to pretty much shop would you call yeah. it a shop the- yeah, we
1: call it we, we call we call it the relove free store so um, you know the way that we work uh, has grown very quickly and we're pretty proud of how it's set up now this is our third home since we've started and we have a quite a big Warehouse. Um, it's two thousand two hundred square meters. Quite a big, That's huge. Quite a bit. <laughs> You're going to get warehouse envy, aren't you? <laughs> I am. But it is enormous. Um, but we have enormous things that we have to store, and it's um, we've set it up so it feels very much like a free shopping experience. So we have the sleep. Live, dine, eat, homeware section. I call the homeware section the cream, where people come and get to choose the cushions and the paintings and the and the vases and the fake flowers and all those um, things that you know really make the comfort of a home. Um, that's the stuff that we think's really exciting. Um, but you know, we've got we've got a really uh, beautiful, joyous system that we've put into place where. We really only work with a referral system. That's really important for us uh, because we don't want people to be retelling their trauma. So we work with small grassroots organisations at this stage. That's that's all we're capable of doing, the capacity that we can can deal with at the moment. Um, But saying that, we are relocating around 15 families every week. But um, we work with, um, you know, quite a few different um, organisations. The, the three big ones being my, I call them the three, three W's, Wayside, um, Wayjack, which is the Women and Girls Emergency Centre, and WEAVE Youth. Um, but then we have a whole lot of other, um, you know, agencies that refer to us. And once that caseworker has said, you know, here's somebody who's leaving the refuge or here's somebody who's been homeless, um, can you help them? We don't need to ask any questions. There's no red tape. There's no, um, you know, qualification of trauma. It's really, really important for us that people don't need to tell their trauma over and over again to be able to set up a home. And then they come to us and we get the benefit of the joyous part of the experience where people get to walk in and, and usually people are pretty tentative. Um, you know, here is this beautiful free store and it's full of brand new things that are just excess surplus stock beautiful Sheridan sheets and bonds and Calvin Klein and and you know Bonnie and Neil beautiful cushions and and then um you know they get to walk through and we we really find that people are pretty tentative at first and by the time they've sort of come through the process you know there's usually tears of joy uh little bit of anticipation, excitement, and, and we try and work really, really quickly with that caseworker and that client so that they get the keys to the house, they're coming through, they're free shopping, we get their order picked and packed, and then we take them out the next day or the day after, and we use our corporate volunteers to, and our small um, team to go out and set them up and make beds and move furniture into place. And, and it's the whole wraparound um, experience of easing that transition because we really want to make it as smooth as possible and and give people a really a a, a greater opportunity to restart in a really um, positive way. So yeah, it's it's a pretty beautiful experience.
0: No, that is amazing. And I think it's some of those things that you don't really think about when you would see these people being rehomed and going into um, somewhere that is brand new and they're starting again from scratch with very few kind of resources. So the ability to actually pick and choose what color couch they want or the fact that they might need, I don't know, an L-shaped couch, I don't know, all of these little things and that they're picking quality furniture as well, Mm -hmm. I think is such a unique thing and it's so exciting for them and it must be such a rewarding experience to see all of the reactions in person. So you started Relove, as you mentioned, during the pandemic, which would have been very challenging, I'm sure. But what are some of the biggest hurdles that you're currently facing with Relove?
1: Look, really, at the moment, we have um, got to a point where there's no end of great quality furniture that we're getting, you know, out of corporate relocations and hotel defits, and, um, you know, uh, from corporate. Um, suppliers that have excess stock, so there's no end of furniture, really. Um, sometimes there's things that we miss um, that we need to maybe occasionally purchase. Um, kettles and toasters, we we can't, you know, if you're rehoming 15 families a week, um, that's that's a lot of kettles and toasters. Pillows, we have to buy, and dunas we have to buy because we just can't get them secondhand. Um, we won't give anything that's stained. So we do um, have a lot of furniture. We have more. Um, we we ha- we say no to clients all the time, which we don't want to do um, because our capacity is only hindered by our ability to work five days a week. Uh, We've got a warehouse, we're working three days a week um, and that's because really we need funding to be able to have some staff. You need to have people who can operate a forklift and you know, you can't use volunteers from that. The majority of what we do is powered by volunteers. I'm a volunteer and Ben and Ben and I set this up as volunteers and, and we use our corporate partners um, to be our people power. Uh, so there's no end of um, people to help us do stuff, but you do have to have staff and um, we do need to pay the rent. Uh, and so funding is definitely the biggest hurdle that we have at the moment, um, unfortunately, and... Uh, yeah, we want to be doing more. We don't want to be saying no to clients at all. Um, uh, there's too many agencies that want to work with us that we still have to say no to at this stage. So we don't like that. We want to be we want to be around the country before you know it. We've already got one in Melbourne, <laughs> um, which actually we're doing with Charter Hall and with Built, which is a pilot program. And um, you know, we could just be doing so much more. It's it's you know the the system is there. It's ready to go. It just needs people.
0: No, that is really exciting. It's, yeah, it's bittersweet kind of having people who need your services and not being able to serve the service them just yet, but hopefully in the future, that is something that I'm sure you're working towards. You've kind of already answered my last question, which was, as you move forward, what are some of your goals? So taking over the world is probably top of the list. Is that right? (laughs) Look,
1: I think the reality is, is this is just something, it's a very simple solution to a problem in our society and it and it and it, it's just a bit of a no-brainer. So I think, you know, we, we could be doing this in other states very quickly. Um, we, we're being asked all the time to work more in Melbourne, to work in Brisbane. We did have a small setup in Brisbane, um, but when we lost the capacity to have that warehouse space donated to us, we, we just simply couldn't do it. Um, yeah, look, it's a really simple solution. People need to have a place for their furniture to go, Corporates, this is this is the time now. Environmental, social governance is is at the tip of our tongue all the time right now. Um, we are talking to all sorts of different players in in this arena to try and see how we can encourage corporate corporates at that relocation phase not to let this be the last thing they think about. Let's not put all this great quality stuff into landfill. Let's give it directly to people in crisis. But we need some support to be able to do that as well. I mean, we don't want to be seen as just, oh, aren't aren't we lucky that we've got somewhere to donate our furniture? You know, we really want to re-educate corporates to understand this is a circular economy solution. And, you know, they're saving on tip fees. They're saving on, you know, um, being able to have to bring people into the buildings and interview people and people cherry picking a bit of furniture here and there. You know, we, we're seeing, we're working with a lot of different corporates who've got different ways of working um, and we're kind of seeing a, a way forward to, um, you know, come up with a pretty good solution for how we can deal with this together and to make sure that we're picking up the social floor at the same time. So it is putting together the social and the sustainability um you know, ideas together. So it really is an environmental solution. I mean it is donut 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 economics right there and then, you know, like we're making sure we're keeping things in circulation and helping people just pick themselves up and out of their situations. It's it's to us a really simple solution.
0: I think that's also some of the most the best ideas are those simple solutions. It's those people like yourself who aren't necessarily or haven't been in the industry who look at it from an outsider's perspective and kind of go surplus furniture, people who need furniture, let's put that together. And it just yeah. makes so sense and everybody just kind of goes, oh, well, why
1: haven't we been doing this <laughs> for so but it's long? Also, but it's also like let's not, not, it's all of that, but also let's let people choose how they want to live like give people some agency, you know, really, you know, whether you've been long-term homeless or whether you've been in a domestic violence situation, to be able to decide how you want to live and how, how you want your home to feel, that's our anchor. You know, we can't undervalue the importance of a home. So, you know, we, we have walked into too many places where shelter is not the solution. So we, we spend a lot of time... You know, talking about the need for um, you know domestic violence um, refuges and crisis support, which we hundred percent need. We also talk a lot about the lack of social housing, which again, affordable housing, social housing, hundred percent, we need those two. But if we don't talk about the connection between the two, then there's there's our system failing because if we've got a woman coming out of a refuge with plastic bags full of clothes and very few possessions, and they're giving housing and they're sleeping on the floor, you know, that's pretty simple, right? Women are going back over and over again. We're not giving them enough to set up a home. And when we give people, you know, uh, it, it costs us around $1,000 to set up a woman in a home, but we're giving them ten dollars to $15,000 worth of belongings, and, and it's the belongings that they choose. So that's that's a really um, powerful, powerful thing at that point of crisis um, you know sometimes it's the simplest thing you know giving a, a young man who's been homeless an xbox on top of his his furniture you know it's it's, it's the little things that um, you know we're not going to get that in the normal avenues for crisis support so yeah it is rethinking how we support people in crisis.
0: No it's, it's really powerful and I think it's also you're not only providing them with the the, with this this furniture but you're also it's a service that you're providing and as you said with that $1,000 fee for a family it's then communicating that with everybody to kind of say yes for you we might be kind of repurposing or getting your I don't know your old conference table to be reused but that's a service in itself so there also needs to be it needs to be yeah the economics of it also come into play as well which I think is something that when it comes to recycling and reuse in the circular economy, we don't see value. Well, it's perceived yes. that there isn't value in it, but I think there's a re-education that's starting to happen around kind of the resources required for a system like this to work and to operate and the assets that are needed and space and everything like that. So I think it's, it is all happening and it is all moving might be a little bit slower than we want. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but at least we're at the, we're pushing it, right? We're pushing forwards on these ideas, and I think that that's the important thing to be, to be you know, really. It's a, it's a really great time because these ideas are all. I think COVID. That's one thing that COVID did do it ripped the lid off, and all the worms came out, and then we had to have a look at them and say how we're gonna how we're gonna put you know how we're gonna sort those worms out, you know. And I think that that's the, you know out of out of disaster other things grow, you know, and I really think that we can see through some of the large corporates that we work with, you know, people at the Commonwealth Bank who have done an incredible job of really thinking about, you know, how they're not only reusing, repurposing, but reloving, you know, reselling, only then recycling, and only if it has to, then it goes to landfill. That's a really important um, body of work that they're, they're sort of setting up, which is going to help us to be able to you know, educate up other big corporates to be really thinking about that stuff.
0: No, it's great. It's, it's really, really great. So for our listeners who are inspired by your story and what you were doing, how can they get involved from kind of an office perspective, but also from an individual
1: perspective as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, look, so many ways. um, If you live in Sydney and you want to volunteer, we're always looking for people. We are completely powered by volunteers. We just simply don't have funding to, you know, do the work that we do at the moment. So, you know, skilled volunteering would be amazing. Riders, People that can help us do all, all of that forklift kind of drivers, Marketing. oh my gosh, forklift drivers. Um, yeah, look, you know, we we want to be doing more so we can be employing more from the people that we support. You know, so some of the, the the core people of our staff are people that we rehomed. You know, so you know the the capacity for people to get involved with us is really important. Um, in terms of um, people wanting to donate furniture to us. We love donated furniture our community around us we really ask for you to get involved and to roll up your sleeve and get it to us we simply aren't funded to be able to drive around and pick up furniture Um, we are focusing our time on um, delivering out to people in need at the moment and that's a big to do 15 and now in the next two weeks towards christmas it will be 20 moves a week we're really really busy doing that and it takes a lot of time and energy to do that so You know, I know it's frustrating because people go, "But I've got a great quality thing, and can't you come pick it up?" And you know, we we simply can't. But you can rent a Ute um, from Bunnings, and you can, you know, book an Air Tasker. And you know, I know it puts cost on to donating furniture, but it's going somewhere importantly loved and reloved and needed. So, yeah, we really are mobilising our community. Um, to get involved with us because that's what we need. We need more people advocating for us and understanding what we're doing, um, yeah.
0: No, that's, that's really exciting. And I think it is one of those things when you put something out on the curb in your local area it's going to end up in landfill. So if you could be maybe teaming up with a couple of different families in your street and then putting together, a I don't know, a go-get van and then dropping it off at you, it does really make a big difference. And then if there's any kind of corporate offices as well that are doing a refit or a remodel, can they also get involved with Relove? Yeah, ab-
1: absolutely. I mean, corporate furniture for us is is huge because, you know, you, you, you don't think about it, but so much of the stuff that comes out of these defits um, is just a it's commercial grade furniture it lasts longer it's made better and um, all of that breakout furniture and small meeting room tables are perfect for social housing um, you know the you know you don't get big l-shaped lounges in a in a corporate you get the small two-seater lounges which is perfect the little coffee tables you know all that stuff the kettles the toasters the the white mugs you know and and hotels anything in a hotel room we can take paintings is is absolute gold for us you know it's such a beautiful thing remember being a student and all you can do is afford to get a poster and blue tack it to your wall <laughs> you know paintings make a, a place feel like a home and it's all, it's usually that like that last bit we always leave the painting the choice of the paintings to the last because we know that that's the fun bit
0: No, it is amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ren, and it has been so great to find out more about Relove. I will put lots of links in the show notes as well for anybody who wants to get involved and to, yeah, volunteer, donate or whatever, it will all be there for everybody. So thank you again. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Yeah, could I just lastly say um, if you can jump onto our our site at the moment, we're doing a 1,000 Homes. Appeal. So, um, you know, as much as spreading of the word of thousand homes appeal would be great, um, it really only costs us a thousand dollars to set up a woman in a home. And and our goal next year is to do a thousand homes. We did seven hundred last year. There's no reason we can't do a thousand this year. We just need to grow that little.
0: Amazing. Great. Thank you. This cost- Charter Hall and Banish's podcast series, Sustainability Further. This series has been designed to inspire Australians to be more environmentally responsible and to take climate action. Sustainability Further is produced by Banish. Charter Hall's purpose is to create better
1: futures by bringing aspirations to life.